Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the game industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to get your free pass to our next digital event coming December 8th, 9th, and 10th, where you'll have more great sessions you can participate in for free and inexpensive passes to our industry-leading digital business-to-business meeting system. Also, make sure to donate to Extra Life. We've got a link down below in the description, or you can even join the Indie Game Business Extra Life team. That link is down in the description as well. Here we go, Indie Game Business. Hey, it's me. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. Um, I uh, am Eric Evans, and I'm going to be giving a talk on um, it's called Building Your Indie Life Raft, which is uh, some of my experience um, over the years running a company and uh, how uh, we've kind of stayed afloat. So um, I don't know if uh, we can show my PowerPoint this point i'll get it started yeah there i am okay so uh that was some intense uh theme music coming into it so i'm, I'm feeling pumped <laughs> everybody, everybody looks so happy in in the that video and the music was very intense <laughs> so uh here we go uh so yeah building your indie life raft so um I guess uh, the first thing that, that I want to start talking about is like, you know, in general, like we, we, if you're here, it's because you already know that making games is hard and running a business is hard. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that I've actually really enjoyed the most about um, being in the uh, indie games uh, business is that, that there's generally a, a a culture of camaraderie and an openness and supportiveness that are amongst indie devs. And that's something that I, I, I've just, I love that about this, uh, this industry. Um, and there have been many leaders who've really set that example as the norm. Um, and I'm really grateful for that because now I'm one of the old, older people in this <laughs> industry. Um, and I'm able to kind of, kind of, keep moving that forward to um, I really think it's important to share your knowledge and, and pay it forward um, so that we can create a stronger, more relevant industry for the future. So another little piece, uh, you know, a philosophy that I really believe in is that we don't, we don't actually compete against each other as companies. You know, we really are competing against the world or competing for eyeballs or whatever, you know, that is. But we aren't actually one-to-one -one competing against each other unless you're actually ripping off somebody's game, which we nobody nobody's doing, right? <laughs> so, you know, the idea that, you know, if I make a puzzle game and you make a puzzle game, it, my puzzle game doesn't actually take away from your puzzle game. What it does do... Um, is it, it it actually increases the potential for all puzzle games because my puzzle game is good. People will play it and be like, yeah, I like puzzle games. Maybe I'll play another one. You know, it's about making more, more room for more love, um, increasing potential, not taking away. So those are kind of like some philosophies that I, I generally have about, um, you know, how, how I approach um, this industry, how I approach business. Um, so if I haven't scared you away yet, <laughs> I'll talk, get to the crux of my talk, uh, which is more about how um, studios can work together 
um, to strengthen your own individual business, but then as well, kind of getting back to that, um, you know, making the entire industry stronger and more relevant. Um, so some of this is, uh, you know, tried and tested and some of it's more kind of philosophical thought thought process. Um, but, uh, you know, the general idea is that uh, building a big company um, is always risky. And uh, this philosophy will help companies who would like to stay small and agile, um, be competitive in uh, the industry um, by finding buddies to work with. So, uh, you know, because in general, everything's always better with buddies, right? <laughs> so a little bit about me. Um, I've been uh, working for about 20 years as uh, a producer. I started actually in film and television making kids TV. Um, I did that for about six years when I made the jump over to uh, video games. Um, and then so for the past 10 years, I've actually been working uh, with uh, Phantom Compass as the head of production. So um, the majority of my, uh, my games experience has come uh, from working in um, my, this little my happy little company. So a little bit about my happy little company. Um, so Phantom Compass, uh, we're a Canadian indie dev. Uh, we've been sailing these seas since 2008. Um, we actually mix it up a little bit. We create original games as well as provide game development services for other companies. Um, this is something that's worked for us. Um, we are also a generalist company. This is something that we've decided as um, on purpose, um, not specializing into, into one genre or an, uh, another over another. Uh, we're also a Unity um, dev house, uh, which has uh, made it easy for us to make games for, for most major platforms. Um, so our original games that I've got uh, up here, some of them are, they're quite varied as well. <laughs> We've got a pinball RPG all the way down to a uh, car combat game. And, uh, and uh, most recently we're, we're actually currently developing Triversal, which we announced um, a few weeks back actually. And uh, it's a puzzle game. So uh, very, very different. Um, and we've also served a wide variety of clients over the years. Like we've worked with ad agencies, uh, film and television producers, uh, educational um, institutions, medical, um, and of course, our favorite clients uh, to work with uh, is uh, game devs. So we've we've kind of really we have a quite a broad uh, and varied uh, client base and um, portfolio base. So um, all this to say, this is our story. Really, is about um, a company that has survived into its twelfth year without a hit. So you know that's that's an interesting story. I think and a story worth telling because I think it's uh, it's something that is an okay thing to strive for because it is hard. It's hard. To, it's hard to to um, to survive out there. All right. So here is a. Uh, kind of where where we kind of started on our journey um, to uh, slow growth <laughs> and survival. Um, over the years, uh, you know, we have been, uh, I've been with the company for 10 years, it's 12 years old now. Uh, but we've had uh, many moments in the company where I, I like to call them stop, pivot or go moments. <clears throat> so I do this in, in, in game dev as well, where those moments where you're going to stop and assess and either you're going to stop and assess because you actually have time um, because you have, you know, calm and you have prosperity and you're like, I'd like to chart my course more carefully. Sometimes those stop, pivot or go moments are times when 
uh, you're also maybe in a more dangerous spot where you only have a few weeks of um, cash flow, for say, for example, or you're, 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 you have a tough, uh, you know, decision whether to take on a, a risky, um, a risky uh, 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 project versus, you know, going without. So um, in those times, so we've actually never hit a stop uh, moment. So we've, that's why we're still here. But there's been definitely um, lots of uh, pivot moments where we've decided to change course. Um, and uh, and even some where we were like, realized that the, the, the course that we're on were good, and we could just keep moving forward. So um, the things that have kind of helped us kind of get through all of those moments um, was number one, knowing where we're headed. Um, so, uh, you know, definitely knowing what you want um, out of your company um, and where you'd like to be. Um, and then the other one that has become more and more key uh, to, uh, or at least I've realized in over the, the past few years that it's been key to our survival is buddying up. Uh, finding good uh, sailing buddies to to come along this this trip with you. So, um, welcome to my raft. So this is my my little life raft. I actually have there are other. Uh, I didn't make it too cluttered, but there are other companies that are in my raft as well. I just uh, uh, didn't include here. Sorry if you're watching and I didn't include you, but. Um, so uh, at Phantom Compass, we actually are, uh, are we're like a, a small to medium sized company. Um, we uh, currently have uh, nine employees, but, you know, sometimes we bulk up a little bit more, a little bit less. Uh, we usually actually run two project teams at once. Um, that's actually being kind of key to our, our success um, because we do make original games and uh, work for uh, do client work as well. Um, so, uh, you know, when we are mixing those two things up, we are able to kind of keep things going by um, having at least two projects running at once um, and kind of create a good business uh, development cycle where we have fewer gaps. But um, over the years, we've run the company as lean as four employees uh, or bulked up to almost 30, which is which was too much for us. <laughs> uh, so we've tried a lot of different configurations over the years. Um, and, uh, you know, after stretching ourselves too thin or too lean in one way or another, uh, we've discovered that uh, doing a company buddying, buddying system um, is the most sustainable and stable way to reach our goals. So um, we've stabilized um, as being a small company uh, because uh, keeping employees is a heavy responsibility. You need to keep a lot of money coming into your company uh, on a regular basis if you're going to um, have a, a large employee base. Um, and it's, you know, when you have to let people go because they're, you know, there's a gap in, in project funding or there's a delay, you know, that's, that's people's lives that are suffering. So, um, we take that seriously <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, so we try to keep lean, um, and sustainable, um, and uh, so our life raft that we have here is actually is built up of um, small uh, to micro companies. So some companies are one to two employees. Some of them have, you know, um, a few more than that. Um, and they all have different uh, 
areas of specialty experience. Um, but we all kind of carry the same common culture of openness and awesomeness <laughs> that I think that our, my company uh, has. Uh, we all we all want to have the have the goal um, to make a good products and um, to keep doing what we're doing because we love it, not because we want to get rich. So, uh, I mean, getting rich is always a great option, um, but we we are all pretty realistic that that isn't always going to happen. So um, we just are always we're in it to to make games and do what we love. So uh, let's just dive in a little bit to why you may actually want to adopt this philosophy um, to help keep your business stay afloat. So the first thing I think as a, as a company, if you're thinking about is, is to kind of have one of your own stop, pivot, go moments and figure out what's actually inside the chest on your map. If you're, if you know what you want, um, what, for your company, uh, you know, figuring out what you actually treasure, what is important to you, what are your company goals, you know, um, what are your values? Um, do, do you have an area of focus, or do, or do are you a company like like Phantom Compass that is is a more um, their goal is to be a generalist company? You know, figuring out um, and and literally writing this down um, with uh, you know your partners in your company or your employees if you're if you're kind of running managing things alone um, is super important. So it kind of helps get everybody aligned. Um, and you know, while we made the decision to be more of a lifestyle company um, uh, and to be a a generalist company, maybe that isn't your goal. Um, you know, we, we like to do new things <laughs> and uh, stretch our skills, um, you know, and uh, above all for us, I, you know, all the, the, the partners in our company, we, we really appreciate um, a good uh, work-life balance and uh, working with each other um, is the part that's most important. We love, we look like, you know, we, we love each other. <laughs> we think it's a good, uh, we, we really like working with one another and um, that's a, an important goal for us. So uh, you have to figure out what's inside your own chest, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. So once you've done that, it's also you know, being honest with yourself about like, what are you missing? <laughs> you know, uh, how seaworthy is your company to get you towards that goal? Um, you know, if, uh, you know, in our case, we are as a generalist company, we do have um, a lot of, uh, you know, broad based skills, but you know, there are some things that we just haven't done because we haven't had the opportunity to you know, do a skills assessment, um, look into, um, you know, like, what are your, you know, know what you know, um, as far as like, you know, talk to your employees about like, what, what do they do even as hobbies or uh, on the side, even if it hasn't been um, a part of your, your company um, experience. Uh, think about soft skills too. Like, you know, do you, do you have the person who is the one that you, is good to be, um, you know, putting forward in pitch sessions or in talks, those kinds of things, you know, thinking about, um, those kind of the company as a whole for all of the things you do, not just development um, and kind of like uh, really getting down to what are your pain points and what are your strengths? So um, you know what you have to offer and where you need help. So, um, and with your resources too, thinking about not just your, um, 
you know, there's like pe people resources, you know, uh, technical resources, physical resources, equipment, those kinds of things. Um, so you, you might find gaps there um, that you hadn't really considered. Um, but if you look at that through the lens um, of where you want to be, you might you might discover that, that you might have some gaps there or things that could be better. So, um, buddy up to shore up, um, just a shout out to Adjective Noun Studios. They just actually launched Fisherman in the Sea on um, Android uh, and maybe on iOS as well. I'm not sure. Um, on the weekend, uh, this is a, a company, actually one of my, uh, my employees actually runs this as a side business. So it's a really good game. <laughs> um, so over the years, uh, you know, we've been able to take on project work um, that we wouldn't have been able to do uh, without um, buddying up. Um, and this, uh, you know, which is also then kind of also further increased our base of experience and allow us to bid successfully on, on more projects. So that's just kind of like one, one thing that has helped our company. Um, you know, another uh, good, uh, reason to to consider but uh, buddying up with other companies is that you know when you can combine your skills and strengths together you can kind of uh, become like an uber company and you don't have to have all of that um that that skill based in-house yet uh and you can still kind of go for those those jobs um that uh, require um or take on projects that require kind of maybe uh, that would be more technically risky um than uh than it would be to uh, do on your own. So it also uh, gives you the, the flexibility to run multiple project teams or uh, run bigger projects without having to bulk up um, your core team to um, an unruly size or an unmanageable size. You know, you can still keep your core team lean and agile by adding team members or full studios um, to your project um, uh, resource uh, list. So, um, and the one the one thing here that I'm going to point out is that when you're working with a company or, or or even members from another company that have worked together before, there's so much more efficient uh, than people who are individuals who have never worked together. There there's just a lot of um, efficiency and less oversight that's needed uh, into those team members who've already figured out how to work together. Because I mean, let's face it, working together <laughs> is sometimes not the easiest thing to do uh, for all people. Um, and just figuring uh, out uh, short, uh, short, shorter paths to understanding um, between team members um, can be a great um, asset um, when, when you're trying to get something done well and quickly and efficiently. So um, I think the other uh, point yet that I wanted to make here too is that, you know, when you're combining your strengths, your your own internal company strengths once, uh, with other company strengths, like you can go for bigger fish potentially, you know, maybe um, you've been stuck at a, you know, a certain kind of like level of client, you know, you're, you're having to, but one thing that's happened, happened to us uh, when, uh, our company was younger was we were doing, uh, this was when flash was a thing <laughs> and we were doing small flash projects and, and uh, Tony, um, my CEO realized that when we were doing those projects, we would have to do like 20 projects in order to keep the company running 20 projects in a year. That's a lot of projects. That's a lot of overhead for 
bringing in new clients, um, you know, just keeping things on board and meeting uh, like, you know, versus, you know, if we were able to work on bigger, longer, longer term projects, we would have so much more efficiency and stability, right? You're always constantly on the biz dev cycle. So that's where we started uh, thinking about um, buddying up to go for bigger projects and those kinds of things. Um, so it's, it, it's just some some considerations that I'll go into a little a few others um, a little bit further in. So um, the, the, I'm going to get into a little bit more of like the why it's important to work with other other studios and why that just makes sense. <laughs> so um, I think beyond some of the things I've already talked about already is it really goes comes down to being the master of your own biz dev cycle. Um, and spreading out the risk. So the basic idea is that you want to curate a collection of kind of friendly companies that are, you know, similar to you, have some overlaps and skills and, and, um, and, and some uh, specialties that maybe you don't have. Um, but each company is going to maintain their own uh, autonomy. Um, each of the companies would mutually agree kind of like, you know, it's just you're, you're talking, you're, you know, maybe just having a drink together when you can have drinks together or <laughs> whatever you're doing. But you're going to talk about uh, you find companies that can mutually agree to kind of work together as often as they can because it's beneficial for you all. So each company is, normally is going to be going independently out and raising money, um, keeping their business afloat. Um, but realizing that this that that cycle of raising money and pitching and um, then developing the product when you're successful uh, and if you're successful um, kind of everything kind of takes time and if you're a small company like ours you're likely to going to be often torn between doing the actual production work and doing the business development that needs to be done uh, while you're still wrapping up your last project so you know to keep that you know, cycle going. Um, there's sometimes you end up with gaps and sometimes the gaps are big and scary <laughs> and sometimes they're not survivable. So um, uh, I, I realized uh, in when I was pulling this talk together is I, I had been using the, the term too many irons in the fire um, as many irons in the fire. And I realized that what when I was looking that up, I was like, oh yeah, too many irons in the fire actually puts... <laughs> <laughs> the fire out makes it none of it kills it you know it's a as a as a blacksmith term um and uh you know but for for my company trying to keep things keep the lights on we always have to have a lot of leads um and it is the thing that kills us uh, often is um that kind of give and take between maintaining leads and keeping um and then keeping development uh going so uh, here, I'm going give, to give some examples here um, in this kind of like silly, idealistic way, but simplified, I guess, for hopefully it'll make, make sense. So <laughs> uh, I've just put this uh, timeline, kind of a silly timeline together with company A, B, and C here. So company A, um, over five years, uh, you know, in their first year um, of development, saying they, they're a brand new company, it takes them nearly a year, but not quite a full year to raise funds to develop a project. And they're going to take about just over a year to develop that. So that in year two, they're going to ship their first pro uh, product. 
then there'll be a little bit more time to do fundraising, develop, ship another project. So um, by the end of five years, they've raised enough money to develop three projects and ship three projects. Company B maybe is taking on bigger, bigger projects and they've shipped two. <laughs> Company C tried to raise money. They didn't do it and they had to dissolve in their first year. So that's, uh, I think, could be, a, you know, somewhat typical. Um, so if you take this kind of simplistic, <laughs> um, you know, example, um, company A and, or company B, you're, they're maybe going to make five games in 10 years if they're lucky, you know, and how many of those are going to be a hit? You know, even, even being, you know, uh, generous, let's say it takes 10, 10 games, put out 10 games to, to, to make a hit. It, you're going to be in your 20th year of business before you're like air quotes, you know, um, uh, math, math way, ways, like guaranteed to have a hit 20 years is a long time. <laughs> so, um, you know, and that even then the, you know, your hit is the thing that's going to, to make it so that you don't have to just worry. It's only going to reduce this, uh, the cycle of, you know, um, having to raise funds between, between projects, like, you know, so let's just assume that, um, that that's not a very, um, it's, it's fine, but maybe it's a little bit more risky because the longer it takes you to raise funds, the longer, uh, the greater chance that you're going to go out of business before you can do that thing. And that's, and this is make, also making the assumption that these, that your games are all going to do okay, but you know, it's not going to, um, feed you for the next 10 years. So, Here's my uh, second example. So this is a, using the buddy system. <laughs> so company A, B, and C have now decided to join a raft together. So company A, um, same thing, was able to raise funds with, in their first year. Company B, same thing. Company C was not able to. But because uh, company um, A had raised funds, company C is going to actually get started just by working on company A's project. So they're going to have, um, and then they're going to jump on to company B's project. So in the first two years of their, um, of their life as a company, they haven't created any original projects because they were never successful in pitching their original projects, but they've survived two years. <laughs> so um, what the effect is, is that on company A uh, and B, they've been able to shorten out their, their, um, their timelines a little bit. Um, because they've had ex been able to bring in extra help that's created a little bit of extra efficiency in their, in their, um, dev cycles and then so on and so forth. So by supporting other companies in, um, supporting other companies, it kind of helps to fill kind of those gaps between, um, when you're, when you're pitching, um, or trying to raise funds for your next, next project, you, you maybe have people available to work on help each other. Um, it also, um, helps get things done a little bit more quickly. And the other thing that's lovely is that, um, well, team, uh, in my first example, let's go back here. So team A had only worked on three projects. Team B had only worked on, um, two projects in each of these cases now, um, you know, they've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, five projects, five different projects have been worked on by, by these, uh, these uh, company A, um, company B has worked on four different projects. So there's a greater variety of uh, projects that they're being and experiences uh, is that the, um, 
the uh, employees are actually being uh, ex uh, exposed to. So, um, and the loveliest part is that Company C didn't stay out of business or didn't go out of business. It, uh, they stayed afloat until they were able to raise money for their first original project and keep going. And then they can support the other companies um, back. So there's a little bit of paying, uh, paying it forward there as well. Um, so company, well, well, companies A and B were more prosperous. They were able to kind of help to support Company C until they got their, their feet under them. And then they were able to pay it back. Are you looking for a publisher for your game? Well, we have something special just for you. It's the most comprehensive listing of PC, console, and mobile publishers in the industry. Over 700 companies sorted by platform with links to their websites. You can get the list at www.powellgroupconsulting.com slash publisher dash list. And you can get it for free. Check it out. Yeah, the other thing to to actually I wanted to point out on this one too is that while it is like we do hire um, independent contractors and hiring internally is important. Um, what what's happened here is that you know perhaps well um, you know well well company A's example whoops, uh, could have could have hired um, bulked up or hired independent freelancers for that project. They were hiring a full dev team. Uh, from company C to work on their project. And the next time that they needed somebody um, to uh, to work on a project of theirs, they were able to hire company C again and and have that full team available to them, you know, because that 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 company stayed in business. So there's just more it's more stable, uh, a more stable base um, while we're working with uh, with companies versus uh, freelancers because freelancers sometimes they decide to get they're they're just busy or they um decide to um you know uh switch over to full time those kinds of things there's it's there is a certain amount of maintenance with that and so it, it just it's kind of smooth things out of it so um just uh going looking at checking my time all right uh so talking about um kind of the things that you can share in the and the um uh, other other benefits. So I've talked about some of these already. So with leveling up your team faster, I think is probably one of the the, the best benefits that might be not super um, apparent uh, at first. Um, but you know, experience like if your company is only is creating games like once every two to three years, um, you know, they're they're getting deep experience on whatever they're. Uh, working on. But if, you know, within that two-year period of time, they also worked on another project they've been exposed to an entirely different team. That's great for juniors, um, especially um, because they're getting a broad, they're broadening their experience base um, more. And it's even um, super beneficial to seniors because when you're working with uh, an entirely different company, um, they that other company already has their senior developers. So 
you know, it's, you know, and when you're a small company, sometimes you only have like one senior developer or one senior designer, one senior, you know, and, the, you know, having bringing on another company that has also other seniors um, to share, um, share senior level experience with is like, it's pretty uh, important. Um, and, uh, and helps uh, strengthen kind of like every each of the company's bases because they're getting that senior level of experience kind of shared up, shared uh, and knowledge shared out. So um, another benefit, um, you know, is to like, yeah, you can ship more titles. Maybe, maybe you, you know, depending on the structure of how you, you've decided your teams have worked together, maybe you're both going to, you're going to, it'll be a co-production or maybe it'll be, um, you know, uh, you know, something where you're able to really hype, hype it up. Sometimes not, sometimes it's just like a, a smaller gig or whatever, but sometimes that is a, a good opportunity for both companies um, to share that. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I think the main thing is um, that I was showing is that you're really reducing the financial gaps uh, for the other companies, keeping the other companies alive um, so that they can be there when you need them the next time is important uh, and uh, vice versa for your own company to work with others um, to reduce your own financial gaps. Um, so the other point is uh, reducing technical risk. Uh, so another I've kind of hinted at, uh, but just talking about specialization. So, um, you know, if you want to do, let's, for example, say um, uh, multiplayer, game your company's never done that before um but you're one of your the companies on your rafts have bring them on <laughs> for that project you know um even if they are take uh, even if the other company is doing primarily the um uh, the work on that uh feature um they've got the specialty um experience, uh, things will go faster and smoother, and your company will get basically exposure to all of that um, by osmosis. Um, and then the next time you need to do multiplayer, you're taking on, you can take that on with reduced risk because you've brought some of that experience inside. So there's lots, lots of different, um, lots of different reasons that you could do that. Um, another one that I like is sharing the hype. I think uh, that's the one thing that we as indie devs are really generally pretty good at is like, you know, supporting each other, putting out our, um, uh, you know, successes um, into the world and, and uh, boosting them for each other. Um, and uh, that can be, that can be nice um, to give and to get <laughs> uh, and building your reputation um, as well uh, as, a, as a group or as individuals. And then I, um, just a little bit I've talked a little bit about kind of paying it forward so like larger larger companies like will have the um that are in the on your raft let's say uh, might have more opportunities to pay it forward than um than maybe the smaller companies but that's kind of like um the idea is that you're going to all build up so that it'll be more equitable for for the future and then even if you decide to leave the raft, you're leaving the raft in a better shape so that a new company can kind of join on um and continue that cycle so, um, and then maybe one of you will even get a hit and you're going to actually share, share the, the booty literally and you'll get, <laughs> keep, uh, keep the, keep the money flowing. So, uh, all right. 
another thing too, uh, I thought it would be worth um, talking about. I've talked a lot about kind of like development sharing, but there are other things that you can share. Um, using an example, um, there's Gamma Space. I don't know if anybody's a Canadian or Ontario dev, you might've heard of them, uh, run by Henry Faber uh, in Toronto. Uh, so it's a, it's a great, uh, it's a collaborative um, where, you know, small micro uh, companies can kind of pool their resources and, um, you know, Henry acts as a uh, producer for those, uh, for a lot of those companies. So it's a, it's a great way um, to kind of share um, and use somebody's specialty without having to take on that specialty, um, hiring that specialty in-house um, if you don't need it all the time. So um, yeah, so you can, you, there's other admin uh, positions that you might want to, um, uh, you could potentially share between companies like bookkeeping, um, those kinds of things. Uh, freelance pools is actually a, bi a big one. Um, you know, if uh, particularly like there's that, as I said, that efficiency of people kind of already having work together, there's an efficiency to that. Um, so if your freelance pool is also shared, it's uh, those freelancers are going to feel extra comfortable jumping onto your projects because you've all literally worked together, which is which is good. And you're keeping those freelancers fed more often. Um, potentially, you could use part-time staff or co-ops, um, those kinds of things. Uh, if you don't have full-time work for somebody, um, you could potentially, uh, you know, look at the production cycle of another company in your raft and say, hey, I'd like to try to get this person more full-time so that we don't lose them um, out of our pool type thing and uh, see how that, if there are ways that you can work together to get them more full-time work. Uh, PR and marketing um, is something that uh, we is great uh, to share. Once again, if you have a community manager, let's say for example, but you only need them part time, maybe that's something you could share between multiple companies. Uh, another one that will, that I've definitely uh, shared is uh, Booth Buddies. When when we when we get back to regular times and are able to see each other at conferences in real <laughs> real time you know if uh your company's only sending one uh one employee to a boot uh, you know represent at uh, gdc or wherever um you know if you have other raft buddies that are going to you know they can help cover off um you know lunches and tea breaks and whatever else you need and uh yeah so there's a lot of other ways you can kind of um kind of share. I mean, we generally do this anyway, um, sharing market intelligence. Um, but, you know, maybe you even share office space together or share equipment. You know, if somebody's got, a, you know, a VR room set up in their office, like, you know, can can you go in, you know, and use that, that, that equipment without having to set that up yourself? You know, looking for other ways that you can kind of build efficiencies in um, to, to all your companies and, um, different ways to share. All right. So uh, just talking a little bit about like, you know, what kind of things you want to look for when you're kind of building your raft. Um, these are some of my buddies uh, <laughs> uh, from a long time ago, 20, GDC 2014. Oh my goodness. So this is, uh, or was Pixel Knots back then. Um, they're, they're taller than me, so they can get things off of high places, but they can all, they're also good for um, doing lots of other things. Um, but uh, you know, you really do want to look for um, skills, uh, skills gaps, for sure, or obvious, but you also might want to look for skill overlaps. Um, 
you know, maybe because you might be wanting to run multiple teams or, you know, you might have um, a time where your, uh, you know, a certain team member is on like a leave or something like that you know, look for ways that, you know, like, okay, if this person was to go on leave, or if this person was running this one team, you know, who would I get to fill in this other gap? Um, and there you would need an overlap. Um, so another another thing to think about is, um, you know, company culture alignment is, is should be obvious. Like, you know, if you if one company is like really focused on growth, or really focused on, um, I don't know, you know, a, a super specialized, maybe uh, they don't align with you. If you know, just think about how that 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 culture alignment works. Um, you know, or do you even like the people? I guess I don't know why you would. I, I wouldn't recommend working with people that you don't generally see eye to eye with, I guess is the, the point. Um, and then and then project cycles, you know, look, think about how how does uh you know how do the other companies uh, project cycles work are, are they do they tend to work on you know small projects or long projects um do they um often have you know do they also run multiple teams or do they run single teams um do they uh have um particular uh you know do they have gaps um as well that um you know you could take advantage of um so kind of figuring out um, or at least discussing with your with uh, these other companies, um, the heads of those companies, how, you know, what, how do they work, you know, in Canada, here we have funding uh, from the government, uh, which is, which is wonderful, but that does, um, it also um, ties you to a certain project cycle, a lot of companies are tied to to that same cycle. And how does that work, um, uh, work with your company. So this should probably go without saying, but maintaining good relationships. And that, that sometimes is just like, you know, just popping on and saying, Hey, what are you up to? What are you, what, what are you guys working on? Um, being a little bit social, um, being open and talking about what, uh, what is kind of what your guys are thinking or is what's coming up uh, for you, um, you know, uh, without getting into too much into each other's business. But you know, sometimes there are things that you can't share, but generally, like if you're going to be on a raft together, you want to you want to be fairly open uh, with each other, uh, and and making sure your expectations are aligned. You know, setting forward like you know what what do people want to get out of this relationship? You know. Um, what is the give and take, you know, is it going to be for paid work or deferred or discounts? Is there a discount that you can like, you know, friends and family type uh, thing? It's like, if we're working for each other, maybe it's this, I normally charge this, but this, you know, what, it, what, it, what is it that you guys are going to all kind of like work together? Um, and then also figuring out um, like, you know, how many people, how many relationships uh, do you want to share? And you, you're, you know, your raft might with one it doesn't have to be the same raft for all of the companies either, uh, you know, but uh, it, it, it does help if uh, your raft significantly overlaps with theirs. So, um, so I've, we haven't had actually anything bad ever happen. <laughs> knock on wood uh, with these companies, but I did want to address like, you know, what happens if, um, you know, bad things sometimes happen, right? You know, and uh, if you have certain expectations with different uh, companies uh, that you're working with, um, you know, what do you do when something goes wrong? 
And um, I, I think, uh, what is the, the saying? The best uh, defense is a good offense. You know, make sure you have legal contracts in place. Um, I've been trying to think of ways that we can work together always uh, in the best of, uh, you know, light, but we always just hire people as uh, with, le with legal contracts um, talking and we talk through like what happens if, right? Like if something, if a bigger opportunity comes up, that is obviously better for this company and they have to back out what, you know, is that okay? Or is, is it going to totally screw you over, you know, uh, being fair and responsible raft members yourself, you know, is something else to like, you know, if you're under like, you know, people are coming to you, um, uh, with an offer or a request, you know, making sure that, um, that you, you were also uh, giving people the same, um, fair treatment that you would expect. Um, don't make assumptions, assumptions, uh, really talk through what, um, the relationship is going to be with those, uh, with, with everybody. And, um, stay open and honest and do that. That's another one of those, you know, stop, go pivot type moments. Like, you know, if something's not working, um, or if there's something like uncomfortable happening, um, it, you know, be, you have to be okay with being open and honest with, uh, with the people that are there because nothing lasts forever <laughs> and uh it's okay sometimes if you break up your raft um you know if there's a mismatch um but really just try not uh, try to do that in the most fair and um equitable way um if when there's a conflict because burning bridges never helps anyone all right so um plot your course i threw in a picture of raft i <laughs> i don't know if anybody knows uh red bead interactive but i was i was thought this game was hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, so uh, it, to wrap this up, you know, if you're going to take on this philosophy, just know where you want to go, uh, what you actually want, what you have to offer, uh, what you need. Those are kind of like the kind of the core um, things that you're going to work off of um, to build out um, your uh, raft of companies. Uh, and then finding companies that align well with you, thinking about all the different ways that you uh overlap um, or contrast each other. Um, and then also develop, keeping those strong relationships going, um, being talking often frequently, like have a discord with all of them. That's what we do. Um, and then uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll all sail the seas to prosperity <laughs> and uh, with a bit more security and uh, and I'll, I'll stay afloat together. So I am done with my talk and I had 10 minutes, nope, 50 or five minutes to go, I guess. So I guess I am open to questions if there are any. I will pop up some questions. Hi, Erica. Yeah. Hey, Dan. How are you doing? I'm good. Okay. So how you been, you're a fan of Compass. How long have you been a fan of Compass? 10 years. Um, I'm on camera, babe. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, I've been with uh, Phantom, Phantom Compass has been around for 12 years and I've been for over 10 now. So, oh, can you hear me? I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> uh, I told you what time. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see anything, I swear. We didn't see anything. You saw some shoulders. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So how long have you been in Phantom Compass? Uh, it's about 10 years now. About it's 10 been, years? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm in. <laughs> They're in it, in it deep. Okay. I'm so we have, a, we have a question here from Aaron 
B. Hinklin on LinkedIn. How has the move to co-production by many publishers as opposed to W work from home affected Fam Phantom Compass and your raft? Do, 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 do. Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I think, oh, so I'm assuming it means work for hire and it's not work from home. I'm not sure, but I will answer it that way. Well, okay. Uh, if you work from hire, work from home, answer them both, I guess. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so we, um, well, work from home is easy. Uh, our company is actually, even pre COVID, has always been a distributed company. Um, so work from home has not, um, not hurt us at all uh and uh we've always been kind of in always had kind of everything set up for that um for but hire i guess is what yeah for work for hire okay <laughs> so work for hire um it hasn't affected us too much we actually uh, primarily have when working and when we're working on co-productions it's been more on uh not from publishers but uh it's been uh, more co-productions for um uh what do you call uh, like pro like project work that is um, independently um, uh, what do you call funded or or otherwise? So I don't know if I can actually say that it has hurt us or helped us because it's just kind of a we have not um, super tapped into it. Okay, that's a good answer. Um, Mr. Adam Brandley uh, from YouTube says you mentioned the maintenance difference opposed. With hiring freelancers, how would the relationship, legal and otherwise, be different in this sort of scenario? So, uh, for for the way we we structure things is we hire, um, we do I call them corporate contract uh, corporate contractors. Um, so it is a freelance relationship, um, usually. Um, so the same kind of. Um, legal terms would be in place as you would for an individual. Um, but what you are getting instead is um, either a company or, or, or a part of a company um, to work with. Um, so it's just a little, it's a like the, the, the legal agreement is a little bit different. It has a little, it, it is a different legal agreement um, than um, we have for individual freelancers, but uh, it's something I would just get a corporate lawyer um, to to talk to about that. All right, let's see. We've got another question, and then if anyone else has some questions, we can still we can still have a little bit of time. I have to go get ready for the next um, the next broadcast. But Ethan Grant, how uh, from YouTube? How has your perception of trust changed while exploring new modes of cooperation? And thank you for the helpful presentation. Oh, good. I'm glad you glad you thought it was helpful. So, <laughs> um, perception of trust. Uh, da, 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 da. You know, it's funny. I um, I have. I think that trust is 100 percent um, the basis of all of these uh, relationships. If you don't have that, um, I all of the the one thing is, that's interesting or at least worth noting um, is that all of the companies that are on my raft are people that I've worked with um, or have met with many, many times. There's nobody uh, on my raft that um, is kind of like being like an outsider. Like I, it's people that I've had dinner with or, you know, they're like, they're people that like, I know the, them as individuals as well. Um, including like my, my, my husband's company, <laughs> like <laughs> know him pretty well. He, he's, uh, uh, he's on my raft. Um, so I, with, the, with the trust, um, 
with uh, trust is kind of kind of core to that. Um, you know, I think the because they are going to get like any any company that you're going to be bringing into your company is going you're going to be just by os osmosis sharing market intelligence or other things and if you don't have that relationship before um it's uh or, or if you know that's something that is um that's going to cause you problems uh going forward so trust is key and that's also where i kind of it comes down to like if there's something that's happening within the relationship um you really want to be really open and honest and lip nip it in the bud i guess if there's something weird that's happening um before it goes too far because you really don't um because it is it is important to as you said maintain those relationships and and have it be mutually mutual trust i don't know if i really answered that question very well but i just love the fact that you actually said nip it in the bud and every, <laughs> have you ever noticed that everyone says nip it in the butt oh no yeah so many people say that that's like I that's like, like that. a dog uh-huh <laughs> Uh, okay, so Brian Alvarado, this is a really, really good question right here. What and he's on YouTube. What would be your advice and how to reach out to other companies to be a part of a raft for a company in a country where there are no other game oh. companies? Your poor buddy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's rough, man. Um, so uh, I would say uh, like there are definitely. I mean, fortunately, there's things like the indie game business, um, uh, Discord, um, you know, some of the companies, it's kind of funny, like one of the companies that I've worked with quite a bit, another company that wasn't on my raft was, uh, is um, uh, uh, Rocket 5 uh, Studios. And I, even though we're in the same region, I met them at... Uh, PAX East one year they had they were across the booth like you know across the hall, like what aisle from me and we just like hit it off and it was and and they're great great company to work with so I think networking like that um you know at conferences and um and also um you know just being on discord or um other other forums I guess uh would be a good way to kind of you know, throw it out there. Like, and, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, uh, I wouldn't be opposed to like, you know, if you're going to, if you're, there are going to be other companies out there that are looking for the similar support as you. And if you throw it out there and they bite, maybe it'll be a good fit. So I, w I really would recommend, um, you know, just ask, say, Hey, I'm thinking about this, um, this kind of relationship. Um, is there anybody else that's, that's interested? Um, and then just have some chats outside and try it out get legal legal advice like get get some contracts in place and try a project together yeah that is what's great about you know this day and age is you know most of the people i work with i've never met in person yeah you know what i mean yeah and and so yeah just because something's not in your country doesn't mean that you don't have instant access to it yeah all right aaron on linkedin has another question oh this is a big one have you considered formalizing your raft as a regional <laughs> industry association Rochester, New York has an association of several developers, the Video Game Hall of Fame at the Strong Museum and Rochester Institute of Technology, among yes. others. Yes, what I have 100% uh, considered formalizing our raft. It's something that we we keep keep talking about. Um, I actually got um, a call in with um, uh, a lawyer slash uh, accountant um, about uh, about ways to do this um uh, it be, being from canada and in ontario we have tax credits um that unfortunately make it it 
actually work against the philosophy that I'm pushing. The uh, the tax credits that we have um, uh, encourage you to hire in in the house and hire. Uh, independent contractors versus working with other companies, uh, you know, even though I keep saying, hey, it makes sense to work together. Uh, so unfortunately, for us, uh, for my company, at least in Ontario, it's been a little bit tricky to come up with a, a better uh, way to um, kind of like group together. So we we're basically an informal cooperative at this point, you know, there's nothing, there isn't a legal structure that holds us all together uh, that we figured out yet. Um, but I do think that there is, um, you know, uh, Gamma Space was another example um, uh, that, you know, you basically become a member of that space and you get co-working and access and those kinds of things. And I think that that does can work uh, well. Um, and uh, hey, I'm in uh, Niagara, so I'll, I'll wave at you across the water, by the way. Across the water. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I would love to continue and add some more questions, but I have to get over and get the other stream ready. We've got the game hers. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be an awesome talk coming up. So thank you so much. And you know, if you want to hang out in our discord, at discord.gg slash indie game business there is a hashtag post session chat in there if you wanted to hang out then people can ask you questions there and you can feel free to answer them with whatever that would be amazing erica yeah happy to connect all right thank you so much and a game of hers is coming up that's going to be an exciting panel all okay. right thanks, thanks everyone bye Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at indiegame.business.